away at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be starting off by breaking down Miles Garrett's new contract with the Browns, then quickly talking about a tweet from Willie Sneed of the Ravens where he tried to roast the Browns for signing Miles Garrett and just kind of took shots at us in general. And then we're going to wrap up the video with talking about some of the key players on the Browns, the most significant players, and their Madden ratings for Madden 21. We're going to compare them to other players at their positions, other players on the Browns, and just see whether or not Madden over, under, or got their rating just right. So with that being said, we'll go straight into Miles Garrett's contract. As probably all of you know, he just recently signed in the past couple of days a five-year, $125 million contract extension with the Browns that sees him getting $50 million fully guaranteed at signing. He doesn't have to play a single game to get that money. And then $50 million more guaranteed with uh, like a couple of certain things that have to happen, which is just like appearances and games and things like that. So pretty much $100 million guaranteed which gives him the highest contract in the NFL right now and NFL history for a non-quarterback. It'll probably be passed by someone else in the coming years. Like those records are always broken like every couple of years. So that doesn't mean that much, but it's good to see that the Browns are like uh, actually signing back a big name player. So I think it's a good contract for us. I think even though it is like big money and breaking records, I think it's, it's going to be end up being a team-friendly contract. Like, I don't see him missing games due to injury or anything. So, I love it. What do you guys think? I really love the deal. Um, it's nice that we could get Garrett signed before we had to move into that franchise tag uh, area because that's when a lot of players and teams really don't like each other because uh, players want to get uh, treated fairly. Um, and it's really good that we signed a first-round pick for the first time since Joe Hayden. It's our first time we've re-signed someone that we've drafted with the first-round pick. So that shows that we're going in the right direction, at least. Yeah, I've talked about this many times uh, on the podcast in all of our Browns episodes. Like when we brought up Jamal Adams asking for a trade. I talked about you know signing our staple uh, defender this offseason and how this will be really good for us before he gets way more expensive and stuff. So, I mean, locking down this great player probably top five and definitely in the league uh will be great to see him play in the next couple years with the browns i think it's also great for the city of cleveland in general because a lot of the time we end up with athletes who either don't want to be here or like don't really get that attached with the city we've been lucky that like the best athlete that we've had is from the Cleveland area or Akron in LeBron James. Like that was just luck of the draw for us. If that was like a like Carmelo with LeBron ability, like probably would have never came back to Cleveland. So I think it's great because Miles Garrett has grown so attached to the city and has like really fallen in love with the Browns. Like immediately after signing, he came out and tweeted, Cleveland keep betting on me, world keep betting against us which is continuing that mentality that like in 2016 LeBron started that the Indians adopted and that Baker and I guess Freddie tried saying last year but mainly <laughs> mainly Baker was going for last year 
where it's like Cleveland against the world. And I just love that mentality. I think it's really good for like the hardworking ideals that Cleveland has and like the history that we have. So I love that that's kind of what like Miles Garrett builds his game around. He's a hardworking guy, loves the grit and grind. And I think he just fits a Cleveland type of team so well. And he's obviously going to be probably a captain in Cleveland for as long as he stays. I hope he can be our defensive Joe Thomas and be here forever. And I think this is a really good first step in that. And I like he hasn't said anything or shown any sort of like action that makes me think otherwise. I hope he's like a career Brown. The Mason Rudolph thing. I know that like if he does more stuff like that, yeah, then it's we have a problem. But I don't think that's him. Miles Garrett's character is really great. Like, yeah. some fan, some Cleveland fan walked up to him in his car and, like, punched him in the face or something. And Miles just didn't even react. Or so he was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> how's it yeah. going? You know, like, like, this dude's character is awesome. You know, he kind of had that tendency against Ma- Mason Rudolph. But, like, you know. And then he's also been, like, I think around the league, Miles Garrett has the perception of being this aggressive guy. Which like, from his inter- from his interviews yeah. and stuff like that's just totally wrong. Like yes, he has had issues with uh, unsportsmanlike conduct calls, mainly because he's just a big dude, and when he sacks someone, he falls on the quarterback, which is illegal in the NFL now. Like he had a bunch of uh, roughing the passer calls this year just because of that. Like the two in the game against the Jets. Like it's not well, like he did, he's... he did break that guy's ankle. Well, yeah, but so. th- but that was like that was just a fluke of where the <laughs> guy's know. foot was and Miles being large. It's not like Miles is like actively trying yeah, to yeah. injure them. It's just the way he goes down. It turns out to be roughing the passer. So I think the perception of Miles around the league isn't like very pro Miles. I think they all think he's like a dirty guy, which honestly, like I don't really care what they think. I don't think he is. Like this dude in his free time is, like, trying to become a doctor and loves dinosaurs. Like, that's so weird for defensive end. Like, he's he's literate. Like, he writes poems and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's so, he's so like, not your traditional type or uh, defensive end. And I just, like, love everything about this I mean, guy. Yeah, he was great in Hard Knocks. Like, you could tell watching Hard Knocks that his character was just awesome. Like, he's such a chill guy off the field. And then he just, when he gets on the field, he gets super aggressive. And, I mean, that's what you love to see. I mean, to play devil's advocate, though, there are times where he does, like, get in the face of players and pushes and punches their face. I mean, sometimes you like to see he, that, he, though. Sometimes yeah. you the, need that. The week one, I mean, he literally was punching people in the, like, the face mask or face. Oh, no, well, that was in retaliation, though. It's still, it's not good. Yeah. That's why he has the against reputation. Ten- he against like Tennessee. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's against Tennessee, yeah, but yeah. He, there's also well, other moments. Yeah. The only problem I've ever had with Miles Garrett is that he just draws too many penalties. Like he goes yeah, offside a lot, but that comes with like his ability. Like yeah. he's, he's just trying young. to read the he's snap. Still really young. And, like, and like that that generally comes with like if you want sacks and if you want like yeah. results from a defensive end, like they're gonna jump offside sometimes because they're being aggressive. And I've never like I don't think any besides like the whole Mason Rudolph thing. I don't think any of his actions on the field have negatively impacted us in, like, a big way. Or, like, a way that, like, should make us be worried about Miles. I'm hoping that with the contract and with the bigger role within the team, since we did lose, like, a leader on our defense in Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey, he's obviously, like, he's going to be stepping into that veteran leader role on our team now. 
and they already yeah and they definitely told him that in his contract negotiations and i hope that will help solve back for some of the aggression issues and things like that and i'm hoping he steps into that role and fills it and i personally have really high hopes and i see him in like a really good light so i'm expecting him to step into that role perfectly and tone down some of his aggressive nature uh I also hope that this sets a trend for the Cleveland Browns where they get these deals done early with yeah. these players like Denzel, Chubb. If Baker bounces back this year and not only takes a step forward from last year, but a step forward from his rookie season, I think you have to get a deal done with him pretty soon. And you can't go the Cowboys route where you're arguing over franchise tags and that uh, sort of things. Like though the way to be like Andrew Barry with the Eagles, they that's something they did very well. They lock up their players like Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like that contract at that point looked bad. Honestly, for what he produces, it doesn't look that bad now compared to what other quarterbacks are getting. So I don't think Miles Garrett's contract in the future will look that bad. And I think the Browns will do this more often. I think also when you compare it to what's happening around the league recently, it's really nice to see from a Browns fan's perspective that we're one of the few teams that are making their stars happy and like actually prioritizing players and making us seem like a player-friendly team. Like you see Aaron Rodgers beefing with the Packers for not giving him weapons. You see all of the stuff that's happened with the Steelers the past couple of years, whether that's Antonio Brown, Big Ben getting pissed, or Le'Veon Bell. You see yeah. like teams dumping Khalil Mack out of nowhere because they don't want to sign him. You see the Texans totally screwing Deshaun Watson. Cowboys. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott, and the Cooper. Jets with Jamal Adams. A lot of teams in the NFL recently have been like horrible to their Jaguars star players. With Jalen Ramsey, yeah. like, and like and Yannick and Gakwe. And Yannick and Gakwe. I think it will. I think it will really, really help the Browns in either free agency or negotiations with players like Baker if he does well, and Nick Chubb, and potentially like Odell and Jarvis in the lo- long term or other young players that we have, I think it looks really good for us and sets us up nicely that we are prioritizing our players and giving them what they want. Because a lot of teams in the NFL recently have just been doing the exact opposite. So hopefully this has other benefits besides just us signing Miles and the clear benefits from that. Yeah, sort of back to what Gabe said when talking about like the actual money of the deal. Like He's now the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. And I know I saw like Stephen A. complaining of how he's getting paid more than Aaron Donald. But to be honest, this is kind of it's sort of going to reset the market. Like Gabe said, that went down the line. Once we see how this all pays out, it's not going to look as bad as what we think it looks right now. So I mean, right now it looks like a lot for a big guy, but we have that money right now. Yeah. And I think teams are going to start paying their defensive players. A lot more. TJ Watts pretty set to hit the market. Joey yeah. Bosa set to hit the market. Nick Bosa will hit the market soon Definitely. enough. Like, yeah, yeah, that's just like how sports contracts work. Like in all sports, I mean, yeah, look contract, at the quarterback position yeah. right now. Yeah. All like, those fucking people talk about Patrick Mahomes deal. Like that deal. Yeah, well, it's like it's like seems crazy, years. but like long term, it's going to be good. It's like contract records are always broken in sports. We shouldn't be worried that this is like a record breaking deal. In a year or two years, it's going to be the norm for a player of his caliber. So I think it's fine that we're setting the market rather than reacting to it. Because, like, the Cowboys are probably going to be screwed now because they waited until after Patrick Mahomes to sign Dak Prescott. So it's better to be the team that's setting the precedent rather than the one that's reacting and having to pay more because of it. 
So I think this is Definitely. overall just a good deal for us. Definitely. I think now we can transition into Willie Sneed's tweet. So for those of you who don't know he is, because he's kind of irrelevant in the NFL, <laughs> Willie Sneed is one of the wide receivers on the Ravens. So doesn't get much action because they start two running backs and don't have a quarterback on the field. But Willie Sneed is <laughs> like, just to put some stats out there, from 2018 to 2019, Willie Sneed had... 50% or had 50% of the yards he had the year before, 50% of the receptions he had the year before, and was literally had 31 receptions as arguably their number one wide receiver. So he was putting up bad numbers. Like that is horrendous. Hollywood Brown's the number one. Well, yeah, but like, but like heading into the season, a lot of people thought it was going to be Willis Need. Uh, At least I think. Uh, or like Willis. There's no clear number yeah. one. I can't say because not, I didn't yeah. really care about the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. But like, I mean, like they didn't they have they, they don't have, have like a passing game. Mark Andrews. Like That's yeah, the only, it's the, the triple tight end yeah. set is the only passing game. But like Ravens this have. guy, this guy gets 31 receptions in 16 games. That needs to be put out there. He got 300 yards. That's like David and Joku numbers, not someone who can call out Miles Garrett numbers. So essentially, after we signed Miles Garrett, this guy, he responds to some tweet that says it like makes a joke about how like oh Miles Garrett could have paid off the Mason Rudolph fine 2,739 times with the contract that he got. Everyone always tweets stuff like that when people get cool contracts. They're like, this is how many like random things they can buy. Or like, this is how many fines they can pay off. And Willie Sneed responds with, that's the Cleveland Browns for you. Shrugging emoji. And it got into this whole like beef with Sir Yacht, who we've talked about. He's a Cleveland Browns or Cleveland fanatic on Twitter. And a bunch of other players getting into it. But my take on it is, one, Willie Sneed is in no place to be talking trash about Miles Garrett. I hope there is a play in week one where Miles Garrett gets to even just like put one hand on Willie Sneed because that dude will go flying. Miles would murder this kid. But two, like, honestly, I don't see like the point in this. Like, it's unnecessary beef. Like, Willie Sneed, you're probably going to get locked up and maybe get one reception against us. Miles Garrett's probably going to make like five to six tackles in a sack against you. Like, He's not the guy you want to be beefing with, especially since you're responding to a picture where he smacked a dude with a helmet. Like, he's not the guy I would be beefing with. This is NBA type of drama right here. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on this. Like, NFL, you don't really see this too often, but when you do, it's kind of just like, all right, dude, let's see you put it out on the field. Like, well, and I Willie mean, Sneed has not done that. Yeah, so. I mean, you expect Willie Sneed to put it out on the field. The only thing he can do is put it out on special teams because that's the only uh, group he'll play with. Like this, he'll man, still be their number two wide receiver. No, though. he won't. No, he yes, won't. He it, what other receiver do they have? Didn't they? Uh, uh, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. God, I don't know the Ravens wide receiver. Exactly. Court. They it's, also. It's gotta be. To play, it's gotta be better than Willie Sneed. They also have. Okay. They, I mean, they also have a quarterback who, in the skills challenge of the Pro Bowl, was less accurate than Von Miller. So. There's not going to be much much passing okay. anyways. Uh, Lamar Jackson was really good last year. I know we don't like him, but like I know he's, he's, he's not going to be challenge, he's not going to be completing a lot of passes to like in general compared to the average quarterback because he's going to be doing a lot of run plays and they're going to be running ball with their running backs too. But you add on top of that that Willie Sneed's going to be like his fourth option because uh, Lamar prefers to pass to tight ends like. This dude's irrelevant. I feel like we've probably spent enough time on this. Wow, Willie Sneed actually is their number two wide receiver. Yeah. Like, that is tragic. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's tragic. I think we might you know? we've probably spent too much time talking about Willie Sneed, honestly. I actually couldn't believe that. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I think we should move on. I'm happy that it got our boy Sir Yacht some new attention on Twitter. Got him a new player to roast in the NFL. Well, Willie Sneed blocked him. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Willie Sneed's still, like, today retweeting stuff about how, like, Sir Yacht is dumb from Ravens fans. <laughs> so he's he's very clearly still heard about this. So Where's Mo? It's free real estate. Yeah. Where's Mo? <laughs> yet again, Sir Yacht is getting in people's heads. I'm glad that this time he got in a player's head. If you haven't seen his roast of Willie Sneed yet, we're not going to play it on the podcast. I would say there's go, two parts to it. Yeah, the, it's it's a long one. I would say go check it out. He also roasts people that say anything about anything bad about Cleveland. At once a night, he picks somebody. So just go check those out. They're pretty funny and also high quality content. If you want to hear bad things about Willie Sneed, besides the fact that he's a subpar at best wide receiver trying to roast the highest paid non quarterback in the league. So hop off miles for me, Willie Sneed. We're gonna move off the subject to you. Probably you'll probably never be discussed in this again unless Miles destroys you in Week One, and we'll just week give you, one. We'll if just he, we'll give you a quick he, shout out. If he sucks in Week One, we'll we're give you going a shout in out. on him. Yeah. All right. Out. So let's transition into the Madden ratings now. So I'm just gonna list off some of the Browns players here, some important names. So first we got Miles Garrett, our number one uh, Madden rated player, at a 93 overall. You know, uh, looking at the positions, uh, they do separate like right end and left end, but I combine them to get, you know, the best defensive ends. And Miles Garrett is fifth on that list behind Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, Cam Jordan, and Calais Campbell. Personally, I think Calais Campbell isn't as good as Miles Garrett, but I don't know. I also, I also don't think J.J. Watt should yeah, be on that list. Did. Like, Madden made J.J. Watt a 98 overall this year, and the dude hasn't played more than, like, four games in, like, the last three years. Like, I don't think he's done much to deserve being a 98. I could see them putting him over Miles this year just because Miles had the six-game suspension and had all the issues off the or on the field at the end of the Steelers game, and J.J.'s been, like... When he plays really good, and he's just like a big name in the NFL, so Madden wants to give him a high rating. But yeah. I, I'm personally fine with Miles. He definitely deserves to be the highest rated Brown in the game, and like I'm not gonna argue too much within the top five of the ends. I'm happy that he's up there. I think Calais Campbell is worse than Miles Garrett, but I, I like he's still a really good yeah, player. He is so definitely. like. It's it's not much like of a disservice to yeah. Miles to say I mean, he's worse than Calais Campbell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So number two, I think this was expected as well, is uh, Nick Chubb at a 92 overall Madden rating. Uh, I'm just gonna keep going through the list, and then we'll get to the positions where they stack up after. But next is Odell at a 91 third. Uh, Austin Hooper is fourth, our new tight end free agent signing, which was pretty good and. Uh, for him, I think I think that's pretty good, 89. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And I think it puts him fifth at tight ends, which I think is also a fair ranking. Yeah. Next, we have Kareem Hunt, which, I mean, to some, it may seem like a surprise uh, because of the numbers he puts up. But you got to think he's behind Nick Chubb, who is one of the best running backs in the game. And think about Kareem Hunt before his whole situation went down. And then he came here, like when he was on Kansas City. This dude was insane. I mean, I think... Kansas City probably would have won the Super Bowl if he was there. Yes, I I think so. And, I mean, I kind of 
can see why they put him up there. But uh, it's also sort of predicting what he's going to do. So yes, yeah. Next we have uh, our best corner, Denzel Ward, in '86, which I think is pretty solid for him. I mean, some people may not like it. Maybe think he's overrated just because he's not as good of a tackler, and you know he sometimes can't stay on the field. But I think this is fine for him. Um, so, and then finally, we're just going to go with Jarvis Landry at an 85. I think this is a little bit underrated. He was a Pro Bowl wide receiver last year. I mean, do you guys, you want to go? Yeah, Talk so I think first off, putting Kareem Hunt, like, yes, he had a good history, but last year didn't do much. I don't think he should be higher rated than someone like Jarvis Landry. And also, like, that that's just me personally. Like, I can understand why Kareem Hunt's where he's at. But if Kareem Hunt is at, I think he's at an 86. Jarvis Landry should be at least... 87. Yeah, if, if Kareem Hunt's an 87, Jarvis Landry should be at least equal to him. Like, Jarvis put up great numbers last year. And I don't think it's... I think Odell is probably right where he should be at 91, given his history, what he's likely to do this year, and the fact that he was injured last year, so you can kind of, like, discount some of his stats and put an asterisk on it. But I think it's kind of ridiculous to, after the last season have Odell six overall spots higher than Jarvis because like Jarvis clearly you can see on the field off the field had a bigger impact on the Browns than Odell did he put up I think better numbers overall and I like I understand and agree that Odell should still be above Jarvis despite those facts but there should not be a six overall gap I think Odell should be a 90 or 91 and I think Jarvis should be like an 87 and then Kareem Hunt should be like an 86 just one overall below Jarvis but that's just me personally I wouldn't put Kareem Hunt at the 87 overall I'd have him lower like I'd have him in the 80s but I'd have him around like 83 yeah like like mm. uh, he, he just wasn't on the field enough last year to give him a fair representation and due to that lack of playing time, he doesn't deserve that 87 overall. I put him at 83, like I said. Um, but Jarvis, I, I, I never knew that about knew this about Jarvis before he came to Cleveland, but he is really disrespected in sort of the, the national media point of view. Whenever you talk about top receivers, he's never talked about as a top receiver just because he's not as fast as the other guys, and he may not be as athletic as the other guys, but he's got some of the best hands we've ever seen. So I, I I can't believe he like is that disrespected given the production he puts out. So I would I agree with Nate. I have him. I would have Odell above him, but I have him closer to Odell, and I have him above Kareem. Yeah, that, that's definitely like I wouldn't. I don't really know where I'd put Kareem because like obviously if you look at like where JJ Watt is, I don't think Madden cares that much about missing time in the league like Gronk is a 95 and Gronk did not play for an entire year so like they clearly don't care about missing time so I can kind of see why with those other ratings as a precedent they made Kareem Hunt an 87 but like there's no way Kareem Hunt deserves to be higher than Jarvis in my opinion yeah that's definitely just the reason why they went with him being in that high just because of his overall skill that we've seen in the past but back to uh, Jarvis Landry though one thing I wanted to say was, like, when he was in Miami, I'm pretty sure he had, like, his last year, or maybe his last two years, he had the most receptions yeah. out of wide receivers in the league, had the best receiving percentage out of any wide receiver, and he was still getting disrespected by Madden and, like, ESPN in general. But, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure in his first three seasons he had the most receptions by any yeah. yeah. receiver of crazy. all time. Yeah, and but he was getting disrespected even with like pretty bad QBs too. Yeah. Like, yeah, honestly, Jarvis, I kind of see him in the same light that I see players like Miles Garrett and hopefully Baker Mayfield. Like, I just love him so much. His attitude's amazing, and I personally love Cleveland players who are disrespected by the media and underappreciated, like a Miles Garrett like what is going to happen to Baker Mayfield this year, hopefully, if he puts up decent numbers. He's obviously going to have scrutiny on him. And like what has happened to Jarvis Landry. Like, the fact that this year, Jarvis Landry was able to play on a team with a player at the caliber of Odell Beckham, even if Odell Beckham was hurt. Like, the fact that he made Odell, like, look bad to some fans or look worse to some fans. And he outperformed Odell Odell for almost every single game of an entire season is like ridiculous. And no one congrats like no one says like, oh, Jarvis was great this year. They say Odell was bad. They don't then go on to like praise Jarvis for his what he did this year. Also, quick side note, another talk uh, talking point about the Pro Bowl really quickly. Jarvis also carried the AFC through the Pro Bowl. Facts. If you haven't seen his performance in Dodgeball, Greatest thing I've seen in my life. He Him went, and Nick Chubb, right? Yeah. Well, so he was he two. was on a four on one. He caught a ball, brought Nick Chubb back in, and then they won it for him mm-hmm. because Jarvis just refused to throw, and he just caught every other player's ball. So yeah, Jarvis <laughs> just beasted. And then he also, just like Von Miller, yeah. did better than Lamar in the in the throwing challenge. So just another great little AFC North rivalry there. Lamar got one point. In the throwing accuracy challenge, I personally think I could get two. And J- Jarvis got like six. So, yeah. another I mean, dunk we've there. seen Jarvis throw and, yeah. and Odell in game. Like, they, they can drop some dimes. Yeah, but, facts. I mean, moving on, before we get to our final player, I just wanted a quick little sidebar and side note here. Uh, just to point out how deep and how good our defensive line is, Adrian Claiborne. Our backup end is a 79 overall in Madden, which is pretty high rated mm-hmm. for a backup defensive well, end. Let's, let's, but like, but also like keep let's it. Let's not get carried away and use Madden ratings okay. as yeah, a yeah, determinant yeah. Well, like, of but skill still, and yeah. like. Ability. But still, it's like it's like based off like, ability. Adrian Claiborne is a good player. We know like, that. Yeah, yeah. But well, like, I just wanted to bring that up. Just seeing like, him up here is pretty cool to see. But something before we get into our final player, which I mean, like. You should already know. It's who it it's is. gonna it's gonna be Baker. Yeah. Like obviously, we won't announce his overall until later. I want to go back to Nick Chubb. I think we've talked to, like I think Denzel Ward's probably where he should be. I think he was overrated yeah. last year, but I think the fact that they didn't upgrade his rating makes up for the fact he was overrated last year. I think he's where he's at right, or he's where he should be right now. Jarvis should be the same as Denzel Ward, but like that has nothing to do with Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward shouldn't be dropped for that. Jarvis should be improved. So I think the only other player who needs to be mentioned, because we talked about Odell and Jarvis, I think Austin Hooper, we all agreed, was right where he needs to be, is Nick Chubb. I love Madden for this. They made him a 92, which made him tied for the third best running back in the league. I agree with that. He deserves that. Christian McCaffrey was obviously, he was a 99, way above everybody else. Then it's Derrick Henry at 94. Then it's uh, Chubb. And Ezekiel Elliott at 93, which I totally agree with. ESPN was disrespecting uh, Nick Chubb in their lists that they were putting out of uh, position rankings. They had him at like 7th at running back, which is absurd. 
Like, he was below yeah. some, like, pretty meh running backs who had bad years. And Nick Chubb, up until the last two games of the season, was leading the league in rushing by a ton. It's just he didn't get touches in the last two games. Derrick Henry dropped, like, 200 yards in both. Another great thing that Madden did that uh, for Nick Chubb that I just loved was Nick Chubb's break tackle rating is a 97, and the next best player is at a 94. So they made a huge gap in terms of ability to break tackle, tackles between Nick Chubb and the next best player, and they made that like super clear. That was one of their first posts about ratings. So I love that they're respecting Nick Chubb for that. I think he is the best player at any position at breaking tackles in the league. So yeah. big ups to Madden for at least getting Nick Chubb right. He's right where he needs to be. They respected him. I'm excited yeah. to play with him. I'm just happy he's ahead of Saquon. Yeah, everyone really. puts Saquon ahead of him. Really? I, I just yeah. don't see it. Maybe I'm a biased Brown fan, no. but I just don't see it. Okay, so the thing about Saquon, I I can't remember if I've brought this up. I have a huge beef with Saquon. I don't. We haven't even talked about Saquon yeah, on the podcast. I, I think I did once, but in our season preview. But mm-hmm. the thing about Saquon is he has the best athletic ability, but this dude just doesn't have the vision. I just like. You, guys like Trent Richardson and those guys. I'm not comparing him <laughs> to Trent not, Richardson, but guys like that yeah. just don't have. They don't see the way, see the field the way guys like Nick Chubb do. I don't think his it's vision, vision is as bad as Trent Richardson. It's yeah. not, but I, but I don't I'm, think it's great. He's boomer bust running back. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's also a boomer bust running, running yeah. back. Yeah, so I think it's great that Nick Chubb was put above him. Also, I hate all the hype that like Saquon gets for like, oh, he looks so strong, like his quads are gigantic. Oh, look like, at his look legs. At, look at Nick Chubb's. They're the same size. Like, Nick Chubb is a monster, too. Honestly, I don't want him to be like that. And Nick Chubb doesn't want, you know, yeah. that sort of attention. He, he said before that, like, he literally does not want that attention at yeah. all. And he's fine with just being that on-the-down-low guy. Course, Nick, Nick Chubb course, is know. the Kawhi Leonard of the NFL, of, <laughs> yeah. of running I mean, backs in the NFL. He kind of acts the same way. Like, yeah. I love it. <laughs> There's that clip of him arriving in the airport. And they um, didn't even know who he was. no one yeah. knew who he was. <laughs> And then he just he now just he's the second best player yeah. on our team. If you ignore the like first six games of his rookie year because he wasn't our first option and he didn't get many touches after we traded, uh, who was it? Carlos Hyde. Carlos yeah. Hyde. Yeah. After we traded Carlos Hyde, if you take Nick Chubb's next sixteen games as his first like actual sixteen games, he's the best rookie running back ever, like objectively in like almost every stat. So love that he's where he's at. Yeah. Yeah, that game against the Raiders before they traded Carlos Hyde, where he, I think he had three touches, yeah. and he had over a hundred yards 100 and two yards. touchdowns. Yeah, and then uh, like, it forced Hugh Jackson to yeah. realize, oh, we, oh, he's actually talented. We very easily <laughs> traded. But yeah, Carlos Hyde was doing really yeah. well. Yeah, no, Carlos Hyde was too. really well. Like, was doing really well, but Nick Chubb was averaging like eight rush or eight yards per carry behind him. Really? And like we just like had to give him touches, and he just ended up being like, like we gotta get this guy like, minutes. He's putting up like better than Jim Brown numbers. To start his career, which like as a Browns fan is disgusting, and like as an NFL fan is disgusting because Jim Brown was like is still like unprecedented numbers, and Nick Chubb is keeping up with him so far. So love the Nick Chubb uh, respect from Madden. I think with that we should go straight to Baker. Yeah. So our final Browns player we're gonna cover is of course Baker Mayfield. Now coming off a terrible season, I mean in a lot of eyes. Uh, Madden put him at, I think this is a safe overall, yeah, 78, which, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks who are kind of, I say, low-rated for how much, like, national attention they get. 
Like, Sam Darnold's a 73, and that dude gets a lot of attention from the media, but... Mainly Colin I mean, Coward, but... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, looking at the quarterback rankings, I mean, we have Patrick Mahomes, obvious number one, Russell Wilson, obvious number two, Lamar Jackson, third, and, I mean, you can sort of just go down the list, but we see Baker Mayfield at 78 behind guys like Ben Roethlisberger, you know, Ryan Tannehill, and Derek Carr. But, however, he is ahead of Cam Newton, the Patriots' new quarterback, and Josh Allen, who some consider to be better than Baker Mayfield. And Kyler Murray, who had a really good rookie year. Yeah, him too. So, I personally think that part of the reason why Baker may be above other players who, based off this year, people are saying have higher potential and are better than him, is because... Of his rookie year. Like, he came out, like, last year in Madden, he started out at an 83 overall. Which, that's, like, almost top 10 this year. Like, that's the overall that I think, like, Jimmy Garoppolo's at. That's above Kirk Cousins. And a bunch of other good quarterbacks. Generally, in Madden, quarterbacks are underrated. Like, the average quarterback in Madden is way below the average player at another position. So, I think they didn't, like, Madden's not going to go out and give one player, like, a 9 overall drop off of one season. So I think that's part of the reason why Baker's still at a 78. Yeah. Like, he probably performed at, like, the level of, like, the 73s last year. But I'm fine with Baker at a 78. I really, really hope he does perform to a point where he's getting an upgrade in the season, obviously, in his Madden rating. Not only to make Madden more fun and, like, actually make the Browns usable in the game. Because yeah. Baker's going to suck. But because that means that Baker's performing well and we're probably winning. So I think he's fine where he's at right now. There are players below him that performance-wise should be above him, but it's it's just like, it's the video game. Like, you can't drop someone too much in one season. You can't make someone move up too much in one season. That's just how they do ratings, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Baker's at. Um, I, th- I would have Josh Allen above him just based on last season, but you brought up a good point where, like, like for some reason, like, this gets away from Madden, but the national media, everyone just forgets that, rookie season that he had yeah. like it's i get everyone look what have you done for me like, lately he has the rookie but, touchdown record like like, <laughs> like like i saw them talking about is he a bust like he is no. what like I, like Stephen a smith was saying like if he has a bad season this year he could be a bust like that doesn't make any sense he's had one good year and he's had one bad year how can you say he's a bust like he had a winning record as a starter as a rookie on a team coming off an 0 and 16 season with Hugh. well uh, Hugh jackson was gone but with the, like, like the, I guess, like, the outlash and, like, the result of a Hugh Jackson team that was just, like, trash and, like, horribly run and had Freddie Kitchens running the offense, who we clearly saw is incompetent in any sort of position of power on a football team that we saw this last year. So, Baker deserves so much more respect. Like, he broke the rookie touchdown record in 11 games. Like, the fact that he put up bad numbers this year... I think does not justify a lot of the criticism he's getting. I hope he does what he's kind of saying in the media that he's going to do, where he's letting it fuel him and making him come out better this year. I'm expecting him to have like kind of like what he's done throughout his football career. Everyone starts doubting him, like when he switched schools from Texas A&M to Oklahoma and immediately Texas Tech, or yeah, Texas Tech to Oklahoma. Like the dude didn't even get a, a guaranteed spot on the team. He just walked on directly onto Oklahoma's team and became a starter in a Heisman. Like, 
he's definitely been a guy who has gone up against the odds, so I'm expecting big things from him this year. I just want to see, let your play do the talking. Yeah. There's no reason to chat with all these other players. Like, like I think he would, like, last year, Baker, would comment on Willie Sneed's post and 100%, talk crap 100%. about him. Yeah, so for me, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of, like, really in-depth NFL football QB analysts really talk about Baker in, like, a positive sense like he's coming off a terrible year i mean nobody really sees him putting up the same interception numbers at least from you know those guys you know you know the analytical guys uh, who come on shows all the time but um they've talked about him in a positive sense like with a new coach and kevin stefanski they think he'll work well with him compared to you know freddie kitchens but uh I mean, yeah, the national media, ESPN, the Leach Report, they're going to do their thing. They're going to talk bad about players and guys that, you know, love to talk but can't put it out on the field, and they love to criticize and criticize and criticize. But I think that Baker Mayfield will definitely step it up this year. I think 78 is a good starting position, and I think he'll be probably around that 83 mark, to be honest, or maybe not 83, maybe 82, something like that to finish off the year, depending on where the QB position is in Madden. But then again, it's a video game, so. Yeah, so I think that will be the end of our discussion of Madden and all the Browns players and their ratings. Obviously, bear in mind, it is just a video game. There's a bunch of other things that go into making their ratings, which is why JJ Watt's a 98, whereas like better players are lower, players who aren't injured are lower. So take all of this with a grain of salt. Obviously, like, oh, Nick Chubb's the third best running back in Madden. He's going to perform like the third best running back. That may not be true. We got to see how they play this season, see how they adapt. Madden will adapt with them, but that is not a guideline you should use for ranking players in general. I think all of the Baker Mayfield discussion that we were able to have in the past five minutes will probably lead us to having a Baker Mayfield special before the season starts where we just talk like predictions about Baker, what we're expecting from Baker, what he's looking like. All of that, I think we can have a really interesting discussion with a lot of the viewers getting involved with it later on, probably in August at some point. So keep a lookout for that on our Twitter. We'll update you about that. So we're going to wrap it up there and uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod. Like our posts, comment, just get involved with the conversation. You know, we'll usually ask questions, you know, have polls or whatever. And uh, we love to hear suggestions or whatever you guys have to say. And uh, make sure to uh, rate and subscribe our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Um, and also share it with a couple friends. And also, like Andrew said, give feedback. Uh, give constructive criticism for us. We're new to this. We're trying to take any suggestions that you might have. Uh, quickly to add on to that, if you want to, you can tweet at us. And just give us a take, and we'll add it into a podcast episode where it makes sense. We'd love to do that. We'd love to, even if you want us to roast your takes, give us a hot take that we can discuss. Give us something interesting to talk about so we can see what other Clevelanders think. We don't want this podcast to just be us talking over and over again. I, like We do know a lot about our teams, and we are passionate. But we know that all of you are passionate too, and you all have your own opinions. So... Let us know about them. We'll add them into our discussion. And we'll let you know what we think about your opinions as you let us know what you think about ours. 
So with that, as we said, we're going to end this episode of Mad Dog Pod. Check out the next one. It's going to be coming out probably Tuesday or Wednesday. So keep a lookout for that. Most likely on the Indians, another season preview. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.